Elliot Goldstein is hosting a radio and podcast show out of New Mexico called NMDJ Presents Fly on the Wall. We are building a fresh, fabulous podcast library of musicians, writers, artists, and all good people of note, with many new and exciting guests to come. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. We appreciate your help. We would like to thank Alan Gower for the intro music. Enjoyed the show. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. I'd like to tell you how I got started. Um, I really had no idea on um, the beginnings of what had even where to start. And I stumbled upon Anchor by Spotify. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And I'll explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast automatically on listening platforms. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on other uh, platforms. And it, Anchor made it so simple. And um, it's all in one place. Everything you need to make a podcast, you can find in one place. And um, the amazing part is it's all free. So um, there is no uh, downside to any of this. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And again, it's the Anchor app or go anchor.fm. And it's real easy to get started. And um, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall and uh, back to the show. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's Bacon or Sausage Egg and Cheese Biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's Breakfast Biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's Bacon or Sausage Egg and Cheese Biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Welcome to New Mexico DJ Service presents Fly on the Wall podcast with your host Elliot Goldstein. This podcast is listener funded so if you wish to assist the Venmo info is New Mexico DJ Service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Any size contributions would be appreciated. We are delighted to have as our guest, Bert Lambs from the California Guitar Trio. Bert studied classical guitar with Monique Vigneron and Albert Sunderman who was a student of Andres Segovia at the Royal Conservatory of Music in Brussels, where he graduated with honors in 1984. He is a founding member of the California Guitar Trio, CGT. In 1993, the California Guitar Trio released their first recording Yamanashi Blues on Discipline Records. So, let's begin. 
If you are inclined to get Elliot a cup of coffee it can be done, the Venmo info is, New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is, New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about the show. The more the merrier. The week before the pandemic, or a day or two, and everything shut down, we were in Montreal. Now, I, um, I used to tell you guys a lot at BB King's. Mm-hmm. It was a great place for you. It was perfect. Yes, a very nice place. We've played another place since then. Because uh, I think BB King's went out of business. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. So there's another place we've been playing, but it's been it's been a year or two. You know, with the yeah, and um, it was just the perfect size. It was just everything was just perfect. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, let's let's get started. How do I? I, I know that you started with um, the guys through uh, the Robert Fripp, um, mm-hmm. and I know something else very interesting about you. There's a direct link from you to Andre Segovia. Yes. Some, <laughs> yes. I did, I did some homework. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, 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 um, you were destined to be great, and you ran with it. You, uh, you've had um, great experience, great teachers, great schooling, and um, do you want to tell us about that back in? Belgium? Yeah, I, I consider myself just very lucky. I, I was in high school, you know, and in high school I developed a love for the electric guitar and I taught myself how to play. Uh, and uh, I, w- I was a major big fan of blues and rock. I was not into prog rock, I was too young. I was maybe 16, 17 and I was all into Jimi Hendrix, Robin Trower, uh, all the heavy rock solo soloists, you know, that played the blues. And I taught myself how to play with that and I could relate to that, I could understand it and teach myself with that. John, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, from the Creedence Clearwater Revival, John Fogarty. He was the first one uh, that struck me, you know, long guitar solo, Susie Q. I heard it through the grapevine. I had an album with two long songs. It was great. I love that stuff. And I taught myself how to play with that. And then, uh, when I was 18, I, I finished high school and most of my friends went on to college and, and whatnot or went to work and I wanted to do music. And I said, OK, I'll go to the Royal Conservatory of Music. I'm ready. But I had like two years of classical guitar lessons. I could play a little bit. And it, it was for me like something on the side, you know, the classical guitar because I was playing in a rock band. And I went to the exam, the entrance exam at the Royal Conservatory of Music in Brussels. And it, they sent me papers, you know, with like, uh, you have to play the uh, prelude from Phila Lobos. You have to do this and that. And I, I picked up the scores and I learned it a little bit. I had a, a classical guitar that was more like a c- cigar box. It was really crappy guitar. And I had my hair, I had long hair in those, you know, 70s, 80s. And uh, <laughs> I show up at the test and uh, played my pieces and, and the director of the school was right there in front and I gloriously failed in the entrance exam. And uh, the, the guy actually, the, the music director actually told me uh, that I would be much more successful if I open up a French fry stand somewhere uh, <laughs> because that would be much more lucrative and much more uh, rewarding for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
was a tough guy. And, but he said, but if you really want to continue, I'm going to give you the name of this person that's teaching in the music academy in Brussels. And if you if you can stay with her or him for two years, uh, maybe you you will continue and you know and you try again in, in a year or so. So I went to this music school and met my teacher Monique Vigneron, uh, who got me ready in about a year and a half. She brought me. She, I remember first class I had with her. She said, "How how many hours a day do you play?" And I said, two hours." And I was really proud. Like two hours is you know. She said, "Oh, that's okay. You got to play four hours." So next day I played for, I was 17, 18 years old. So no problem. And she got me on the right track practicing. I really enjoyed it. I got to choose what I wanted to play too. She kind of directed me in a direct, in a good direction, you know, let me have my freedoms, you know, in exploring what I wanted to, to play. And uh, then a year and a half later, I did the entrance exam again and I, I got in and then I got to study with, uh, there comes the link of Segovia with uh, Alfred Sunderman, Albert Sunderman, who is a, a student of uh, Segovia, and uh, he was a he was a character. He was a little bit older man, older generation, very always well dressed. You know, he he was one of the you know a little bit like what Robert Fripp does now. You know, he's always huh? well dressed, as a tie, a suit. And he kind of felt that we need to do that as guitar players because we're all kind of like hippie guys. Uh, and he did not like us to play uh, in the corridor of the conservatory on the ground, you know, uh, having jam sessions. He wanted it to be a classical instrument. And he, he had that aura about him. And uh, I, I do remember, I respect that a lot, and I remember that of him, although we did not have that much in common. Uh, I consider my main teacher to be Monique Vigneron, because she got me uh, a real love for the classical guitar repertoire. But Albert Sunderman was was a great guy. And uh, he he also, I only studied with him for one year, but he let me do whatever I wanted. He had suggestion that he let me pick my repertoire and uh, artistic freedom, which I really, really uh, appreciate that he did that. Well, you talk about repertoire. That's something else I wanted to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys cover, and I'm talking about the, the trio, um, from the most obscure prog pieces to, you know, uh, um, um, Bohemian Rhapsody and yeah. everything in between. Who yeah. is there? Do one of you guys or do you all get together and pick out your... Um, well, it's not just us. It's our fans, our big and our friends. Yeah. Uh, I would say there's a big chunk of the repertoire is suggested by friends that, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it's a good example. Our friend Mark Perry in Long Beach uh, yeah. played us a video of uh, Sleepwalk, right. you know, with the Hawaiian guitar. I never heard that before. I was like, whoa, that's cool. Let's do that. Boom. And we learned the piece and we played it. And it was, people loved that piece when we played sure. it. Slide, I, I mean, um, if, if I was to do a... Um my playlist of other artists you covered them uh mike goldfield you did tubular Bills. oh yeah well we grew that came from us sure. we grew up with that music that was such a big remember that album came out we were yeah. you know with friends you know yeah. listening on the ryuichi sakamoto merry yes. christmas mr lawrence that's from hideo that came from hideo the hideo yeah, yeah. and um, it, everything in between if i was putting together a playlist it would be 
you guys covered like 90% yeah. of it. Well, we, you know, another important figure in our development as a trio was uh, Tyler Trotter. He was our sound man for several years, four to five years, and he traveled with us and he had a very particular sense of a particular taste of music. And he, while we were driving, he would say, hey, guys, listen to this and that. And we'd hear all this stuff. I forget all the names of the bands, but we covered some of the things that he played. Oh, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ghost Riders. <laughs> yeah, Ghost Riders. Yeah, yeah. Those those came more from the trio, you know, things that we yeah. with. You know, Ennio Morricone made a huge. It's the things that touched our generation a lot. You know, Echoes by Pink Floyd was a right. major. You know, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, uh, well, there's so many. Uh, I, I, I spoke to Alan Parsons a few weeks ago. Speaking of oh, dark wow. side. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, he um, actually um, he has a band out there now that he's uh -huh. kind of overseas, and they do a lot of the Pink Floyd mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, that's um, but it's really you know I was looking at the catalog, the stuff that you've done, and I'm saying to myself, these guys got into my brain. How did they know my you know my go-to <laughs> tunes? Well, it's I think we cover so much because we're we're also coming from three different continents. You know, Hideo from Japan. Yes. All from US and I from Europe. So we had I had, I brought in some more classical things in the beginning. I felt more like, oh, we can be this group, you know, like the what's it, uh, the Los Angeles guitar quartet. We're nothing like that. Because those guys play classical guitar. But now we play with the Montreal guitar trio, which yes. is called guitar trio. And it blends in well. They have also an eclectic taste. And uh, so, yeah. You guys are going to be touring with them too, right? In the new year? Yeah, next February, if all goes well, borders are open, fingers crossed. Good. We will be going, uh, we'll be starting in uh, Wyoming, Castle, uh -huh. Wyoming, and February, <laughs> uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, we'll be in the Northwest. Uh, in and then you go to BC, Washington. you go to British Columbia. And then the, the second half will be in uh, British Columbia. You're going to try to make a trip into uh, New Mexico, I hope. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can play in Santa Fe again soon. We played the Lensic a few years ago, which was a beautiful, beautiful place. Okay, and um, so the, the uh, guitar trio, you know, from what I understand is, I may mm -hmm. have this wrong, I spoke to Trey, Trey Gunn, and you guys studied, he was in your group, right? When you were Yeah, we were all in a group together, the Robert Fripp String Quintet. Yes. And, but you guys studied together at Fripp's home, right? You mm -hmm. guys are all together with Trey. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah. and he told me that if I ever need a good bathroom cleaned, to give him a call. Said that, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were interesting days, Elliot. I mean, it is something that is hard to talk about because it's something, it's like trying to explain to someone how, how that never tasted a strawberry or a cheesecake, what it tastes like, you know, uh, it's, uh, it was, you know, we studied with Robert and in his home in England, and uh, he invited up to 30, 40 people up there sometimes. And this wasn't a huge, it was a big home, but we were all staying in bunk beds in, in small bedrooms, you know, in bunk beds, the guys from Argentina, the guy from three guys from Europe and Americans all together. I remember the, the, fights over opening in the window at night. Anyway, that's another thing. Uh, <laughs> very interesting times. And 
musically amazing times uh, being in a house together with a large group of people uh, self-contained we had nobody cooking for us we cooked ourselves it was it's your turn to be the kitchen coordinator for a week so you have to coordinate all the food for a week go to the store and then uh, people take turns cooking and cleaning and whatnot it was a big part of the guitar craft courses but not i mean we were all playing playing guitar most of the time yes but um and also i guess it was to get you guys even the lock to become a unit right yeah yeah and you guys learned how to work together and that's how i met paul and hideo and yes we, when we started out we started out that way in my house in los angeles in in the early 90s uh -huh. 1990 uh, we met and we met for like several weeks and we just played guitar in my house and we did not have nobody knew you know we call ourselves the california guitar but nobody knew our music so we went and played in local coffee shops i found some small gigs we played in old, old folks homes homes for the mentally disabled uh, the blind institute just kind of like give away our music and, and play and, and feedback and do some house concerts uh, for family and friends that's what we did in the beginning and then after we made our first album we we uh, we kind of uh, kind of robert took us back under his wing and in a way he invited us to come to japan with david uh, sylvian uh, that was the first big thing for us of course we played with robert fripp string quintet i think that came first and uh, trey was in that as well right and trey was in that yeah uh, and then Trey was also with the, the group with David Sylvian, with right. Mastolato. And I remember going to Japan, Robert saying, those were iffy days, you know, because we had no, we were not paid to play or anything. It was not like with contracts. It was like, well, you can be the opening act and it's great exposure for you. And that's it. Get there. And Robert, I remember Robert said for the tour in Japan, I will do my best for you guys to open, but I can't guarantee it. But if you show up, there's more chance that you can open because the Japanese promoter did not want an opening act. So we flew all three of us from Los Angeles to Japan, to Tokyo, showed up and the promoter said, no, we don't want an opening act. And I remember Robert took him in the room before the first show. I don't know what happened in that room, but he came out and he said, you guys have the gig. So. Uh, Rest of history. Yes. <laughs> Wow. And some inside information. We were invited uh, recently, you know, Robert Fripp and uh, King Crimson yes. they did a tour, finished tour yesterday or the day yeah. before yesterday. Yeah. We were invited to that tour with the trio. He invited us to go. Uh, the promoter was very adamant that there's no, because COVID. Yeah. Because you probably read there was 10 days quarantine. Yeah. Yeah and all this stuff and they, they did not want people to have intermission i guess in the opening intermission and they just yeah. wanted to do the concert and get it over See, i know a lot of the guys who opened for uh, crimson um from the frank zappa band mm -hmm. you know zappa's band opened i know a lot of those yeah. guys and, yeah very nice guys we met them we met yeah them. yeah i know and i'm very friendly with a lot of them yeah and, mike Keneally's um, awesome yeah you know who else is great uh, um ray white yeah yeah Ray, ray's gonna be on wednesdays he's a character us. he's ray's a character ray's i enjoy talking to him yeah. yeah um ray will be on wednesday's meeting as well uh -huh. but um 
to, to backtrack um, what they told me was pretty interesting. Ray told me that he would just watch Robert with his mouth open and say, whoa. And then, then he said to Robert, how do you do that? And Robert said, when, we, when the tour is over, I'll send you some videos. And he said two days after he got home, videos started arriving to his email. No kidding. He said he was shocked. He said, I thought a man like Robert would be so busy mm -hmm. that uh, it would never happen. And he said, bang, they were there. And, wow. Oh, what were the videos that he sent? Uh, so I guess some of the ways that Robert plays, you know, gives oh, some of the sounds of yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, um, wow. you know, Ray's a different kind of player, you know, Ray. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, he's more of a uh, uh, R&B funky type yes. player than, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah. yeah. But um, you, the, the CGT, the uh, trio, um, and King Crimson are very much, when you... Talk about the trio, you think about Crimson right away. And you think about the years with um with like Adrian, you know, when Adrian was in the band, mm -hmm. Adrian Ballou. And I know you guys covered a lot of Adrian stuff. In fact, I remember seeing you guys out on the road with uh, Pat and Tony in the band. Yes. Yeah. Which was brilliant. Yeah. And then um, that gave you a whole different sound than when just three of you guys are out there. Yes. With yeah. The and um, what's remarkable to me is the sounds that you guys get on acoustic instruments. And there's no trickery. There's no gadgets. There's no, mm -hmm. it's just the three, you know, it's just three guys. And I guess you're still using the um, NST tuning, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically a shallow tuning. Uh -huh. uh, fifths rather than in fourths on the guitar. Okay. So now the lowest string down to a C, from an E to a C. It's a major third down. Okay. And then we'll go up in fifths, except okay. for the first string, it doesn't go in fifths because it would it would be too high or too thin sounding. Okay. Uh, and do you still use that tuning? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much uh, an alternate. I mean, it is an alternate tuning, but it's not a... It's not really an alternate it's, tuning. It's not it's, a standard alternate. It is because to me it it is an older tuning than the than the standard guitar tuning. It it comes from the violin and the and the viola and the cello, which have been around longer than the guitar. The guitar came in vo on vogue here uh, in Europe maybe in the seven eighteen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds, with uh, Francisco Torres, who was the inventor considered the inventor of the instrument because he. Made a standard. He made the guitar a standard model of the guitar that was accepted, widely accepted, and copied like the Martin guitar. You know, it became uh, became the yeah. what you yeah. call it, the standard. You know, right, right, right. Uh, but before that, we had violin tuning and viola tuning, and that was in fifths. And this yeah. back to that in a way. I don't. I don't think it's taken from that. Robert came up with that. And uh, I think it's a brilliant because we can play pieces that we would never even dream of playing otherwise. I mean, including, um, you know, some classical music by Beethoven or piano arrangements or things that need more bass. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just, a, it's, I'm not saying it's a better tuning. No, it would work. When we play with the Montreal guitar trio, those guys play in the regular tuning and we play in this tuning. Uh -huh. And it, it it meshes well because it's like having two different, each trio is like a different instrument. You know, one is steel string with this tuning 
and then the other one is nylon string with the normal guitar tuning. They have more percussive approach okay. to the as well. So. And you guys sound great together. Yeah, it's been amazing playing with those guys. I can't wait. To, and they, they are so much fun to tour with. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I see you guys on the YouTube and I have a lot of the recordings. Yeah. Uh, I never saw I never saw the six of you guys together. Um, so you um, you do other things besides California Guitar Trio. You do the albums of Fabio. Mm -hmm. um, you showed me one today, a new release. Yes. Yeah, that's the newest one. That's uh, something we recorded uh, in the first months of the pandemic. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, that is an album called Music of the Stars. Okay. Music by, uh, you see the picture of the scary yeah. man? That is uh, Thomas de Hartmann. He's a Russian composer. Uh, the early, uh, you know, late 1800s, uh, beginning 1900s. And uh, he, he was, uh, he traveled a lot in Europe and in the Middle East uh, with his teacher, Gurdjieff. And Gurdjieff was a spiritual teacher. There's also a little bit of a link there that we have with Robert Fripp because uh, Robert Fripp, when we met him on the guitar craft courses, he was the director of this school or uh, institute uh, in Claymont Court that was based on the teachings of uh, Gurdjieff, the spiritual teacher. And, and you, have a, you, have, you have a song, a tribute to Gurdjieff. Say again? You have a, you have a tribute song to Gurdjieff. We have three, uh, Fabio and I have three albums. Two are music of Gurdjieff arrangements. Yes. But music of Gurdjieff. And then this last one is exclusively Thomas the Hartmann, uh, who was uh, the, the guy that brought Gurdjieff's music uh, to the piano and wrote it out and brought it into the world and, and made it, you know, uh, you can buy these scores on short editions, you know, on, online or wherever. So then the music is widely spread. Keith Jarrett plays an album of this music. Uh, you know, a, lot so of the a lot of the scores you are on your site. You put yes, up a lot of yeah, the scores. Yeah. Yes. So I want, everybody, I want everybody to get over. We'll talk about your sites. We'll send them over yeah, to there. Yeah, but um, yeah. you are nice enough to have them out there. And and guys, if you do take any of the scores, make a contribution because um, musicians need it these days until we know it's going back. Everybody, well, thank you. And we, yeah, we want our friends to play this music. It's so much fun to play this music. It's very special music. And, and um learning material um, too i was listening to a lot of your stuff a lot of your uh, solo work today as well you will your own solo album mm -hmm. um which is a uh, uh, not not um not sent right that's the bach preludes nascent yeah nascent. Yeah, nascent yeah now how do you um a lot of the stuff sounds like bold cello Are, well, I listened a lot to the cello uh preludes uh, but I, you know, I'm using a plectrum and steel string guitar, so I'm using a plectrum. You can't do bow, you know, bow sound unless you, <laughs> you're uh, three hands. <laughs> you need a third hand. Yeah, I'm joking now. But I listen a lot to that music, how it's played, and maybe that got into it a little bit, the phrasing uh, that they use. Instead of listening to guitarists playing this music, I'd rather go listen to uh, cellists play or lute, lute, like Nigel North is a big influence for me. He's a great lute player. 
Uh, and these, these guys specialize in this kind of music. They call it old music. There's a Belgian violin player that was a huge influence on me. His name is Sigiswald Keuken. He passed away last year. And he, uh, he played on a, a violin that was restored from that period that, that they played in Bach's period. And it was restored. And he even had everything like the, the bow, had whatever, cat hair or something. That he used all the original material, you know, thing that, and it had kind of a harsher sound. It didn't have that beautiful romantic sound. And the way he plays too, he doesn't do a, a, like vibrato or anything on the violin. It, it's all very plain because they sang, they sang that way too. The music was more abstract almost. And the way he plays, that was an eye-opener for me. So I, I thought, oh, I'm going to try that on guitar. So maybe that's where that bowing Okay. And I also, let anyone say of, that? <laughs> that's a nice compliment. And, and, and a lot of the CGT stuff um, and the, you know the other stuff is um, uh, there's a very harpsichordish feel to a lot mm. of it. Yeah, because the harp is the same. The harp, the feather plucking the strings, and you you you, you tap the instead of a hammer on the piano, you have a feather plucking it when you uh, tap the keyboard. But with the guitar, we have the same principle. Instead of a feather, of course, we have a pick. Our picks are made of Indian rubber <laughs> and, uh, and they're triangular. So they have that kind of sharp attack too, very precise attack. So hence- What kind of guitars do you use? Uh, I switch guitars a lot. I've had probably 20, 30 guitars over the few years and I love to experiment. So I always look for something new. My current guitar, I can get it out if you want. May I show it off? Please. Yeah, okay. This is a guitar I've used uh, the last six months or so. It's a Martin guitar. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of a radical departure from the Martin guitar building. Uh, and that's what interested me about this guitar. It is made uh, with a, a different neck. Uh, uh, attachment here. There, there is no heel. So right. heel is normally a piece of wood here that yeah, yeah, yeah. locks the neck in. Right. But they did away with the heel and they put two screws in here. So you have, there's a, a lot more reach in the upper positions, which makes it more like an electric guitar almost play-wise. I can play up here without having this piece of wood sitting in my way. And uh, this is it's also a dovetail neck joint in here. Mm -hmm. The guitar, I can loosen the strings, loosen these two screws here, and just take off the neck and put it back on. And there's a whole system inside there where I can adjust the neck this way for intonation with minor increments with a, a truss rod adjuster. It's not a truss rod thing, but there's a truss rod in there, but it's a different adjusting thing that makes the neck go this way or that way small increments of a millimeter to make it perfectly in tune. Most acoustic guitars are not well intonated. They are, this string will sound too high on this fret, too low on this fret. And it's very hard to play the unison with a trio and play high parts and be nicely in tune. This guitar has that. And uh, it also has a great way of adjusting the neck. You can adjust the neck with little uh, plates that go in there 
and make the neck higher or lower, just directly higher or lower, very fast within five minutes. So say, I live in Florida, uh, and I go up to uh, British Columbia in February, my neck with my guitar, I know from experience, it will start warping after three or four days. Yep, humidity. Yep. Yeah, and the dry, the dry temperatures, you know, the winter temperatures. And it will start buzzing, and I will loosen the thrust on my guitar as much as I can, all the way loose, and it will still buzz. Now, with these little plates in there, I can bring a spare plate that adjusts the neck and puts it a little bit lower. I mean, I'm talking a fraction of a millimeter, and, and the buzzing will be gone. And this will take me five minutes to do that. So the guy, uh, I forgot his last name, Ramin is his first name, an Indian guy came up with this concept for the guitar. It's, it's not a very expensive guitar either. It's made in Mexico. It's a factory-built guitar, and it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I also play Breedlove guitars, and they're working on a, a new model for us too, for the CGT and for Guitar Craft. It would be a thinner, thinner and more easy-to-hold guitar instead of the bigger, fatter guitars that are Martins. Okay. So um, you guys are going back out on the road in February. Yeah. And um, it's, it's not a long tour. It, it's relatively short. It is a long tour. Well, for us, three weeks is long. Uh, okay. You know, we have families. I have a family at home. I have an eight-year-old. Three yeah. weeks, exceptionally, is, is a long time for us. But yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. And then you'll take a break and go back out. Yeah, and then we'll go probably back out March or April. So uh, it's it's a reasonable schedule. Also, uh, we're touring now. Hideo is on his way back to Japan. Yes, I spoke to him yeah. about two weeks ago. Oh, you did? Not not. not um, well, we uh -huh. uh, texted, and um, when I when Great. I spoke when I first hooked up with you uh -huh. i wanted to talk to him and you and i wanted to get oh everybody. that would have been wonderful yeah it would have but, been great. but he had just gone back to japan that day i think or he's just leaving no he's still here he's uh he's uh in the process of selling his condo oh maybe that's what it was okay in, in wayne pennsylvania and he's uh they've moved out they sold it and they're uh they're just waiting to uh they're quarantining for a day or two and then they're flying on sunday i think they're flying back to japan okay yeah. Okay, um, maybe that's what it was. He was with the house. Yeah. And um, yeah, but I would love to talk to you guys together one day. I have to get in touch that, with I'd you. I'd love that. Uh, that would be very yeah. interesting. In fact, yeah. I'm, um, I'm relatively, um, um, Paul and I, I guess, are the closest in distance. He's in Utah. Yeah. I'm in New Mexico now. So. Oh, you're in New Mexico. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I'm in New Mexico now. So um, Albuquerque? Um, I'm in Rio Rancho, right between oh, yeah. Yeah, Santa yeah. Fe and Albuquerque, right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to you guys getting back well, out to Santa Fe. CGT has a great history, a big history in in Santa Fe, because I lived yeah. there for five years, four years. And uh, we, we spent a lot of time in Santa Fe. Hence uh, our second album called Invitation, which is which we recorded in Tezuki, in the mountains there uh, near Santa Fe. I lived in El Dorado, which is two miles uh, towards Las Vegas, uh, the, not the other Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, not the famous Las Vegas. <laughs> yes, and uh, uh, that album is, is probably one of my favorite albums of the trio. It, it is very moody, and it really has that 
atmosphere of of New Mexico and the white space and Ennio Morricone, you know, the Wild West. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Is that where you guys did Laramie? What's that? The um, um you did the um um Laramie piece. Lar I don't know what that is. Laramie. Oh wait, hold on. I probably um not Laramie. Oh, the train to Lamy. Yeah, Lamy. Yeah, Lamy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I lived uh, about three miles away from Lamy. I don't know if you've been to Lamy. Have you been no. there? Uh, no, I've been through Las Vegas though. Yeah. Okay. Well, Lamy is the train station. Is it? Right train stop for Santa Fe, although it's 25 miles away from Santa Fe, it's yeah. Santa Fe train stop. So if you travel from Los Angeles to, say, Chicago, you will go through Lamy, and it's there once a day. And Lamy is this, it, when you go there, it's just like stepping into the movie, uh, the, uh, one of the spaghetti Western movies. Yeah. It's, it's one bar, a saloon, the German saloon, and then across from the train station. And then a couple trailers and a, and a boarded up church. Uh, so you go there and there's nothing there. It's just a train, and the train comes by once a day. So <laughs> it's a very cool. Um, yeah. There's also another city here that I go to, um, Madrid. Have you ever been to Madrid? Madrid, yes, yes. yes. And I, I mean, you go to some of those places. Yeah, it's still, a, yeah. There's, there's still yeah. bullet hole. There's still bullet holes on the walls. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I didn't from, know. From the old west, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, there are some yeah. Uh, I, places. Yeah, all I remember is I had the green, I had the best ever green chili. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what they're known for. That's it, yeah. green chili. And they had that big um, flamenco player here, too. Um, yes, uh, I forgot uh, his name. But yes, I, I, just know, I know, too. I know yeah. who you're talking about. He's a L local. Atmar. Yes, Atmar Liebert. Yes. Atmar Liebert, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we played one show in Santa Fe where he was kind of the headliner and we were, and we had like two or three bands and we were one of them and he played after us. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty talented. He's a yes. talented yeah. guy as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you guys together, perfect. Um, so what, what, what's, the, what's the trio doing? You're going to be recording again soon? Well, right now we are, uh, you know, we're in a bit of a transition period because Hideo is going back to Japan. He's unable right. to join us. He was unable to join us since last summer when we were invited to play for King Crimson, open for King Crimson. And uh, he announced he, he's unable to do that and he needs to go back to Japan. And so we said, okay, we, we do want to do, I we want to play, want to keep playing. We're not going to wait, you know, until later. So we invited my friend, uh, Tom Greisgraber. Uh, he's a Chapman stick player and he's, he's not filling in for Hideo. That was the original idea. But he is, uh, yeah, he's got his own voice and he's taking the trio a bit in a different direction, slightly more electric uh, and, and different. We haven't written any new material together, original material yet, but we, we are arranging pieces and rearranging some of the older CGT pieces. And uh, we've, we've got two or three new pieces now that we play with him, but they're arrangements, they're not originals yet. Okay. So. The next challenge will be to see how we can write together and get together. But the rapport is good between the three of us, and uh, we're on to something. So it's exciting to go in this new chapter of the California Guitar Trio. Where's he located? He's in San Diego, Encinitas, near okay. San Diego. Uh, he's also in California. And I, uh, Tom Grasgaber goes ways back with us. He's uh, known the trio for probably 
15, the last 15 years at least. He's opened for us many, many times, toured with us as opening opening for the trio. And I have uh, recorded an album with him that's called uh, Unnamed Lands. Uh, Tom and I have played many, many concerts together, mostly house concerts. Uh, and I've played with him a lot, several years. Anytime we had off time with the trio, I would be playing with Tom and doing house concerts and uh, recording an album with him. And I'm very proud of the album that I recorded with him. It's a great album called Unnamed Lands. It's a concept album that tells a fictitious story of a group of pioneers in the late 1800s traveling west. You know, the first people that arrived here and they had their... They went in caravans, you know, up to the West and they uh, some really horrible stories sometimes, you know, but the, uh, the pieces on there are all original pieces on the album and they all uh, tell a little bit of the story of their hardships and the adventures that they encounter on their travels. Where, can, uh, where can listeners find your stuff? Oh, you can find it on, on bertlams.com, my own website. Right. Uh, and, uh, and all my albums with Fabio are on there. The album with Tom is on there. My solo album is on there. And that's B-E-R-T-L-A-M-S, yep. dot com. Okay. Now, um, are you going to be doing any touring with uh, any of the other collaborations? Uh, yes. Uh, I recorded this album, Music of the Stars, with Fabio, and we were so keen on, uh, you know, it, it came out during the pandemic and, Normally, when you have a new album, what we do is we, we do concerts together. And what I've been doing over the past 10 years, uh, both with Tom Graskraber and Fabio, is uh, kind of getting off the grid of the agencies and stuff. So we don't play in theaters or anything. We, I call my friends and fans, or I make a Facebook post saying, hey, we're going to be in New York. Anybody interested in us playing in your house? We're okay with 20, 30 people. That's fine. Just do a donation and, and we, you know, we just kind of go with it. And it's been fantastic. We've had such great concerts in living rooms. You know, we bring our own little amp and sound system because we basically play acoustic, you know, but uh, we amplify it a little bit. And we've had some amazing experiences playing everywhere around the country uh, in people's homes and, uh, and, and whatnot. Good idea. That's hmm. uh, going back to really. It's a tour. Good. You know, we rent a car. Fabio flies in from Italy and we drive. You know, we, we, we drove all the way all through New Mexico, too, and Texas, uh, and up to Wichita and Kansas, and, and, and did many, many tours, hundreds of, tour, of concerts, with both with Tom and Fabio. And I can't wait to play this music live again with Fabio. It's going to be amazing. Wow. It's yeah. incredible. And what a great idea. Yeah. And it's really grass ruining it, right? Yes, it is. And we're doing it on our own. And, and it's, uh, it's fun because it's all mostly it's people we know, or sometimes it's people we don't know, and we don't know what their house is going to be like or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have, a new, you have a house in New Mexico now. Yeah, okay. I'll... Uh, I'm here. Um, so... Are you listening to anybody now? Is there any, any music that you're listening to? You know, I'm you know, I'm working so much and I'm so busy with my family right now with the new family situation too, with grandpa here in the house, just arrived last weekend. Uh, I'm usually, when I listen to something, it's 
because I want to play it or I want to learn it. So right now I'm listening to uh, some music of Pat Martino, the late Pat Martino. He is a jazz guitarist who passed away probably a month or two ago. And he was a good friend. He was good friends with Fabio Mitino and he left some scores with Fabio. And these are scores that, of music that he composed for the guitar. Oh, wow. Here's one. So, and it, it is like seven, eight pieces, and most of them are really difficult to play. But uh, I'm, I'm learning some of the material. I'm studying it because I have such an admiration for that man. And uh, he, he, uh, he's one of my guitar heroes. <laughs> yeah. So you, you told, you, you were talking about some of your heroes earlier, you know, like Jimi Hendrix, Robin yeah. Schrauer. I'm sure Jeff Beck is in there. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, they're all rock guys. And yet you, when, when we think of you and the um, trio and everybody, you guys kind of, and I hate labels, mm -hmm. you're kind of pigeonholed into that prog label now, probably because of the King Crimson. Yes. Connection. Yeah. And, you know, I was never much of a big prog rock fan. Uh -huh. King Crimson, I wasn't so much into it. I liked some of the pieces. I was more a fan of like uh, Robert playing with David Bowie, Hero mm -hmm. and yes. and the side pro or scary monsters and the side projects and, and the, the League of uh, Gentlemen. I, I saw feel, I feel the Eno stuff. I love that stuff and Eno. That's that's what I really love. The King Crimson. Oh, okay. Uh, but, and yes, I was not into yes. I was not a yes fan. I didn't really People with capes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and show, you know, the show. Now I appreciate it much more. But when I was that age, I was I was into rock music. Right. I didn't want right. to. Right. You know, See, my, my, favorite, my favorite incarnation <laughs> of uh, Crimson was the Adrian Blue years. Yes. I love yep. I love in the court. I think that, that album is incredible. Yeah. But um, the rest of the stuff I liked. But then when Blue hit the uh, scene with them. Yes, that was very uh, special. Yeah, the Discipline album and all that. Yeah, I saw them live too. And it was, yeah, it was an experience seeing them play. And I remember also their stage brand. They all had white, they had white suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember yeah. the double, yeah. um, I remember the double band on stage, the acoustic side and the electric side. Yes. You remember that? No, I don't remember that. that. No. Bill Bruford was in the band at that time. Yes. So yeah. they had the acoustic side, not acoustic, but the more traditional. Oh, the kit. Yeah. And then on the other side was the electronic, and Robert was in the middle. Yeah. Right. Was, you know, there yeah. was like a V. It was, yes. Yeah. And um, some incredible stuff. But yes. You, um, I, I don't know. I just, I find it incredible that you three guys could go out there on the road with your acoustic equipment and your, mm -hmm. you know, hard down. Uh, mm -hmm. amplifiers and everything and get incredible sounds and just get an mm -hmm. incredible feel and the audience loves it i mean i mean well i think part of that is that we speak to people's imagination you know when yeah. you play you know when you have a really great piece of music and it's played you know with rock big rock bands you know like bohemian rhapsody is the perfect example you know with the big guitar solo and the drums and and the guy singing but if it's a really great composition you can just play it on three guitars, plink, 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 and it will still, the greatness will still come through. That's 
why I love music by Bach. I, you can play Bach on uh, with with any any instrument, and it will sound great because it is such. It's like a cathedral building, you know. It's so it's so well composed. And a Bohemian Rhapsody was was a similar thing. It comes across. People start singing it along, yeah. or, or sometimes they don't sing, and that's fine. They listen and they hear this beautiful composition that they don't even know what it is, but it's like. Wow, that, that's interesting. That nothing's happening twice in this piece. Right. You and know, also um, song is A B A B. And, and you have you have dedicated fans. Mm -hmm. Your fans are real dedicated. They're really, you know. Well, I have to say that we have to thank uh, the years with King Crimson for that. Was when Robert invited us to open for Crimson in '95 and '96. We played 130 concerts opening for them and that was our gateway uh, because we met an agent after that tour and at every concert that we play now we always do most of the time we do a meet and greet afterwards you know we need lobby sign city always somebody comes up to us say i saw you guys the first time i saw you guys with crimson 95 in cincinnati or here or there uh, so those people have been really loyal to us and very uh, always coming back so we have to thank that experience for that that yeah. without those yeah. shows we would not be where we are yep but um you, you made it work you guys made yeah. it work yeah and yeah. um i can't wait to hear your next uh, release um is there anything do you want to tell the people listening about um your about the future of bert and the and all your other collaborations well the, the future is is always uncertain it, the, the trio always has been a group that's been very much in the moment mm -hmm. uh, like we enjoy what we do like as you say we are very eclectic and where do we get all those influences from all these different pieces it's just who we are and how we grew up and it and it reflect it comes out again you know we heard this out oh let's try to play this we're having fun so uh I'm hoping we can find, and I think we are on the right track with Tom and Paul, and a little bit of a new, uh, a new group with with a new member that we can find that we can continue along that path. And, and, and is that going to be the new uh, um, California guitar trio? Uh, for a while, it will be until until maybe Hideo comes back. Maybe he doesn't. We don't. We are quite unsure about that. So at you may have to become the California guitar quartet. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows? There might be another member working in the background. Who knows? We're, we're very uh, fluid and flexible. And uh, uh, it's still the California Guitar Trio. We, we can feel that. And we, we felt that with the uh, opening for Crimson the second time, uh, the, the audience was very gracious and it, it had the same impact. You know, we, we had a, a very good uh, rapport with the audience that way. Yeah, Crimson is gone the now. They're, they're through, right? Well, for now, yeah. I think they've been, they've been giving it their all for the last yeah. uh, six months. So I think they Well, I think the band actually, I think Robert said that's it. He's putting uh, for Crimson now, away. Yeah. Now. He said that many times. I know he has. <laughs> and he's doing so, another house thing in New York. House thing? He's doing another house. You know, he's having these uh, guitarists. Oh yes, yes, I know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's gonna do that next summer. In New York, of projects. Yes. Yeah. 
So yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure something will come from that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll play with him again. Actually, he has he has emailed us about a possible project together, but uh, I really don't want to talk about it now because it's not sure and it's nothing's confirmed. But uh, there's so there's things. I promise I get you out of here by the top of the hour. Well, that hour flew by, Elliot. We have to finish. We're not done. So I'm going to have to set up another date with you, okay? We'll do that. Absolutely. I enjoy talking to you. You're brilliant. Likewise. Thank you. And I hope you have a great holiday. You too. And I'll talk to you during the week. I hope. Thank you for listening to New Mexico DJ Service Presents Fly on the Wall podcast with Elliot Goldstein. This podcast is listener-funded, so if you wish to assist, the Venmo info is New Mexico DJ Service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ Service at gmail.com. Any size contributions would be appreciated. Please tell your friends about the show. The more the merrier. Please play nice with one another. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. At ADP, we work with more than 860,000 companies worldwide. That gives us a pretty good idea of how to help businesses grow stronger. Whether it's through data insights that help you make informed decisions about building a team that works better as a team. Or by keeping you ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. Like building that better team. Grow stronger with ADP. HR talent, time, and payroll. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Fly on the Wall. There are more great interviews to follow, so please list us as one of your favorites and be sure to follow. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ Service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ Service at gmail.com. Please remember to share our info. Thanking you all.